Welcome, everybody. This is How to English Teach and Learn with Gavin M. It's a podcast about teaching and learning English as a foreign language. All opinions stated are personal, and references will be given where possible. Hello. Hi. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm. I'm doing very well. Did you、uh, Did you realise that today is episode thirty-seven? Is it really? Wow! So thirty-seven weeks of gruelling, hard work producing this incredible podcast.、It's、been fun too, though. I would just like to say <laughs> it's been loads of fun. <laughs> And it, again, it's a learning journey. I tell you what, I know a lot more now than I knew before. Yeah. Maybe we need to go back through some of the previous episodes to just check what we've what we've said. Well, yeah, I think that's true of teaching in general, isn't it? Yeah. You sort of learn <laughs> as st- you go. A steep learning curve. And、yeah. we're getting a lot of support from our listeners. Are we? That's、yeah. good. We've, we've had some some likers, some lovers,、Aww. some haters. Have we? Red haters. Well, yeah, I didn't mention those to you.、Aww. So somebody said that we didn't have any charisma. Oh. And oh. We've, we've got our what was it when you're、um, talking over each other and interrupting oh, and there's、yeah. no. Oh yeah. We do that. What's the expression for that? Oh, you mean like we haven't got any rapport? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Maybe. Sound like a couple of amateurs. I think they were saying. <laughs> oh, oh, that hurts. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't mention、really、that、deep. one. Never mind. Okay. But、um, there's, there's plenty more love out there, so don't worry. All right, yeah, you shouldn't focus on the negatives.、No. I think those you can't stop that. Let's just keep looking forward. All right. So,、okay. um, did you know money matters? Money matters. Money matters. Money matters. Yes, it does. Money does matter. Well, let's discuss some money matters. Oh, you mean like money issues or money topics or money like money matters? Money matters. The matters that involve. No. It matters to me. It matters to no, you. No, I was thinking of the other meaning, like the matter of money, the issue, the the question of money. It's a money matter. Oh, like you、okay. have other kinds of matter,、mm. yeah. other, other things that are important issues. Yeah. Okay. Like you got financial matters. You've got health matters. Yes. And money matters. Episode thirty-seven. They all matter.、Okay. All right, let's just get on with it. <laughs> so, so for our teacher and student listeners, we thought we'd cover a few different bases. In in fact, we we haven't talked very much about this together. So I'm really looking forward to what Em's got to say,、mm-hmm. and she's probably sitting there with bated breath as to what I'm about to talk about. So、um, let's take turns, Em. Money matters. Money, 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 money. Um. So, where would you want to jump in, Gav? How do you teach money? How do I teach money? Well, I teach that money's uncountable, which is quite confusing、oh. because you can count money. If I told you my anecdote, no. Well, so、I don't know. Maybe I just to- totally interrupted yeah, you. Yeah, tell me. Tell me again. I I was teaching、uh, a big group of students, and、uh, I said these nouns. Are、uh, some of them accountable? Some of them uncountable? And I wrote up, for example, I don't know, weather, milk, and rice, and information. And I wrote money, and、uh, and I looked to the group and I said, okay, money, countable or uncountable? And one of them shouted, countable. I said, are you sure? He said, yes, definitely. He said, one dollar. Two dollars, three dollars. Yeah, and it's confusing because you can count it, but it's uncountable at the same time. It's、mm-hmm. a paradox.、Mm-hmm. So yeah,、um, 
So that's a really important one because a lot of my students say... Well, the... Can we say that you can count dollars but you, and, and other currencies... But oh, you if can't you want to count the word money, I'm not, just in case anybody's getting confused. In right my now. lessons, I wouldn't deliberately try and confuse people. But okay. um, yes, um, I've lost my track of thought. Um, but yeah, so a lot of my students make the mistake of saying them, like yes, uh, or th- oh. they, yeah, yeah so, I save them. Yes, I save them, mm-hmm. uh, or, or yeah. So you need to remember, like it. I spent a lot of them at the market. Exactly, meaning the, money. So, yeah, and also the verb needs to match. Like money is mm-hmm. not important. Mm-hmm. Not money, money makes are. the world go round. Yeah, yeah. I really like teaching based on the country that I'm in. Actually, I I really like getting students to take. The money out of their pockets that they've got, like notes and oh, yeah. and actually looking at the money and telling oh. me who the people are on the money and oh. um, if they know. Like it's a bit of history and it's a bit of money at the same time. Oh, that's so. nice. And it's really a nice introduction to, mm. to the topic because a lot of it can be very kind of financial and a very clinical, like, okay. you know, just talking about figures and, and money vocabulary like that. So I think that's quite a nice angle to mm. sort of Haven't see you got... Photocopies of. Shh! I can't take photocopies of money, Gav. Okay. Uh, so you happened. you take in you take in notes just in case the students don't have any with them. Yeah. And you can take oh you could take British currency if you had some. Yeah, which I've have done because it's also quite interesting to talk about polymer money and you know whether it's better than paper money. It just generates quite a good conversation just mm-hmm. to get everyone mm-hmm. involved. Just you know, and everybody. Has it, you know, spends that's really it. Good. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's a, a fun way to approach money. As yeah. You kind of combine a bit of art history as well, you know, yeah. like how it's designed, who designed it, that mm-hmm. many people know. And if you don't, you can Google it or whatever. Yeah. Um, what about you, Gav? What do you do if you're, you know, teaching money? I have students who need to work with finance. And um, so, yeah, I, I might delve into market leader. Or, or one of the business books and mm-hmm. just work through the chapter. Might be chapter six. Might have just imagined that. Yep. And um, that's good. There's interviews there with financial specialists because um, they know more than I do, to be yeah. honest. I don't know much about money, just what I learn uh, on the job. Okay. So there's a page in English file uh, in the advanced book, I think it is, in the resources, and it's called Vocabulary Money. You get an example sentence and you have to rephrase this using a word, so it's basically a gap fill. And I do run through this with my students, but obviously I spend a bit of time. I think one of them is like, what's the money you borrow from a bank to buy a house? And you have to say, like, use the word mortgage, and then you check students know the spelling because we've got silent T in there. And then I say to them, okay, so if you've got a mortgage from, from your bank, how did you purchase your house? Is it easy to get a mortgage these days? Mm. Is it better to rent? And you, like the whole conversation comes from that. So That's we can good. be talking about and activating this new language mm. um, and then just working through the worksheet that way. It's so fun. that's like a whole hour probably, just mm-hmm. do each point to discuss it and mm-hmm. talk about it. That's yeah. it, exactly. So nice. It could be covering specific things like mortgages, um, words like lend, borrow. Mm. Um, Common mistakes, aren't they? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so not not so specific language that you might teach somebody in the financial yeah. area, but um, yeah. more everyday language as well. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that if you've got someone in, you know, an industry where you need to get quite high level, then those business books are good. But otherwise, there are good, you know, good activities in the general English books, yes. I think, just for common language. Yes. All right. So what what other money matters are we going to discuss today? Like, what do you think about um, how much money you make as an English teacher working in another country? Like, do you think it's enough to live comfortably? Do you have a nice sort of standard of living generally? In my experience? Yeah. You've worked in a few different places, yeah? So I'm just interested sort of how it was in different countries for you. Yeah, overall, it's been really good. Yeah. Okay, so it's enough money to pay your rent, your bills, yeah. food, maybe. Yeah, you know, I'd say when I started, I, it was definitely more difficult. I, I was struggling a bit then. Why was but that then? What do you think was different? I think uh, some countries don't pay teachers very well. That was a real struggle. Right. And I had to obviously pay accommodation. I was paying all the bills. Yeah. I was uh, travelling all over the city. Although saying that, with some jobs they do give you these packages. So mm. it, it's a really hard one to, to weigh up. But I say overall... I have survived fairly well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so when you say about these packages, it's sort of dependent on the country you're going to yeah. as to how much of a package yeah. they give you. Yeah. So, Haven't you, you've had some experience of China, wasn't that? Yeah. Yeah. I think we mentioned it in a previous episode where they will just pay for your flight, their, your accommodation. Well, the job I had anyway did, the food, literally everything. So right. the money you get per month is literally just spending money on oh. whatever you want. So or that, savings. Or savings. Um, but yeah, I think more European countries, you don't get those sort of benefits as much. So you're just sort of working day to day and you're yeah. getting your salary and you're yeah. paying everything, you know, your insurance, your bills, everything else. Right. Um, and as you know, I think it also depends whether you have one job with a contract with um, health insurance included uh, and all those sort of benefits you get with a contract or as it seems to be at the moment, I think I'm working for three different companies. Oh, right. Wow. Um, so it's sort of bits and pieces. Okay. So I'm... I have to do quite a lot of calculating every month as okay. to sort of what's coming in from where. And okay. it's even in different currencies. So if you actually look at your whole salary, it's it's sort of not too bad, but it's basically coming from all directions. Right. So okay. what about you? Yeah, that's interesting because I, I think... There's been a big switch to uh, self-employed, like mm -hmm. freelancers. Right. And as you say, that, that could be a lot more work with invoicing, yeah. um, trying to keep track of where the money's coming in, making exactly. sure you've got enough coming in. And then I think you lose a lot of those perks. So yeah. you would have to get your own insurance. You're paying for your own travel. Mm. Obviously, or the accommodation you pay for yourself. So a lot of the benefits, I think, from... Well, I think when you work in countries as we have in Asia, for example, those packages are usually pretty hefty. They're pretty good. Yeah. And they give you that security. But I think maybe in Europe, that's on the decline. Right. And now it's more you work for yourself. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about invoices because that is a big chunk of time spent every month doing that and I hate it and I really kind of resent that I have to do it and if you've got more than one company you've got to do that 
times two times yeah. three times four and it starts to really eat into your your free time and obviously yeah. you don't get paid to do all this admin mm -hmm. which is another benefit to having a contract mm -hmm. where you don't have to do the admin and all of that organization organizational side yeah so what i mean coming back to china because i find it a, quite an interesting one the, mm -hmm. the the packages they offer are obviously to attract people from other countries yeah. i'm guessing yeah so that they want to go there and they're going to stay for a year or whatever because i think often they do um, provide a bonus as well if you finish your 12-month yes, contract yes exactly. as far as i remember yeah i think they sometimes pay a 13 month 13th yeah. month that's quite common i think in other also in other non-european countries or maybe even european countries so that that is a a big thing in EFL, I think, this okay. bonus month or extra... I don't, I don't know if it's as common anymore than, like, no. when, compared to when we started. Oh, maybe back it's in the day. going out of vogue a bit. Um, but, yeah, coming back to it, this sort of draw that China wants to get, I'm assuming they want to get native teachers. Oh. So... When I... you say native, you mean... Hmm... Yeah, let's talk about that word. So, okay. The elephant in the room. It is the elephant in the room. Because it's definitely going to come up during this episode. It is. Coming back, you know, like my first job was in China and I was immediately confused by the definition native teacher. So I was called a native teacher. Yeah, I got confused with that as well. And I didn't understand this because... I thought they were Chinese. Specifically, yeah, because... <laughs> The school I worked for had teachers from China teaching yeah. English to yeah. the students and then they had a foreign teacher who was not Chinese from the UK, Is America. Is FET, foreign English teacher? Maybe, oh, Australia, whatever, so coming in to do extra lessons. For me, I was the foreign teacher yeah, yeah and they were the native teacher because they lived and they were born and they were chinese yeah, so that's how i saw it it got very confusing very quickly but then obviously i was more into the efl world and the lt world mm. and then everybody just started calling me a native teacher right so i've kind of just meaning that you were born in an english-speaking country yeah. Okay. Yeah, and english is my first language and the reason that we're defining this is because I don't like it. So I don't like it either. So coming back to that, you know, that point that the Chinese school I worked for wanted foreign teachers mm -hmm, to come to China mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to teach English and also have their Chinese English teachers right. teaching English. Right. And I learned very quickly because I wanted to get to know the Chinese English teachers. Of course. That was, you know, a new country. I really wanted to know the culture mm -hmm. and also how they taught the English there mm -hmm, and everything. Mm -hmm. And I got quite friendly with some of the teachers there. Mm -hmm. And I quickly learned that they were getting paid a lot less than me. Oh. And I just found that really strange. Okay. Um, and then I talked to other uh, foreign teachers about it. Right. That I was living with and they were, you know, comparing the salary of the UK or America, mm. you know, the average salary with yeah. an average Chinese salary. And okay. they were saying, well, you know, you couldn't live in the UK and earn this little amount. Mm -hmm. So, you you know, the Chinese schools have to pay more. The because, equivalent. To... Yeah, your, your equivalent salary. Right. Okay. But then I was saying, but I'm not in the UK. I'm living in China, so Well, maybe why... they're assuming you're going to leave in a year and you would expect to have yeah. the equivalent in your pocket. I don't know if it's that or whether they just know that people wouldn't want to work for that, like if that is advertised, you know, as the salary, that yeah. nobody would go there. Yeah. But it doesn't seem right when you actually get there 
and you know a four course meal for five people costs 20 quid Mm. that you would be making five times what the average Chinese teacher would make yeah that's not right it didn't sit well with me and I didn't feel nice I didn't feel comfortable I didn't feel you know good about it yeah Um, absolutely so that was really my experience in China and I don't know how that compares with other countries yeah, I've had similar experiences too in, in other countries and I was living, I think I was earning a lot more than the local English teachers and again, I didn't feel comfortable with that. And it kind of divides you, doesn't it? It makes yeah. you in a sort of group of yeah. us and them because, I yeah. mean, God, I wouldn't want to talk about all of that stuff with yeah. someone. You know, it's really hard. It was just very... Um, unbalanced. Okay. I felt. Yeah. So, so okay. yeah. Um, so, what have other have you? You said. You well, had... I, I've actually been looking online mm. and um, asking our Facebook friends oh, wow. and others, yeah. uh, Instagram friends and others, and, and a bit on Twitter. And um, Vanessa Viani actually suggested writing to employers um, and recruiters and asking them if there was a disparity mm. Mm. between Interesting. native and non-native teachers. Would or, they... Or, as you say, teachers whose first language is English. Would they give it, you that information, do you think? Well. <laughs> Did you write to some... Quite a few, yeah. ...companies? Oh. <laughs> I harassed quite a few people. Did you I really? Did, yeah, I wrote to people who were advertising, like, for big, big companies. So I did. I don't think I, like, wasted too much of people's time. <laughs> All right. But, um, yes, so um, you'll be pleased to know that generally the response I got was there was no difference mm. between native and non-native okay uh wages good they said it's not based on where they're from all right it's, it's more based on qualifications and things like that mm. which is nice to hear mm. that to be honest you don't know if it's true i'm so cynical i'm sorry <laughs> i'm just thinking think... those are the ones that obviously did want to promote their company because yes we are fair but all yeah. the ones that didn't reply yeah mm. and and also you know i've I've heard people say, yeah, and i I got the interview and um and then mm. they saw I was black, they saw I was Asian looking or something, yeah, and then suddenly uh the job was gone, yeah, and, and suddenly things, I mean, it all turns very lukewarm and awful, not... awful experiences yeah, that people yeah. have had, so mm, yeah, so hit, this is a yeah. bit anecdotal, but um, one recruiter told me that for I think this was in China, he said that specifically non-natives get between 10 to 16k and natives get 20 to 30k. Oh wow. Um, so he was really quite clear. Um, wow. that clearly that there aren't rules as far as he's concerned that mm. um, there should be equality between people. So that's that's kind of interesting that well it's good they're willing to tell us that. I suppose. Yeah, and really sad that that still is the case. However, there are some really amazing people out there creating some great content like uh, Tefl Equity, which is an amazing website run by a guy called Marek, which has loads of really interesting information for all teachers, and especially those termed non-native. And it discusses the legal issues around native speakerism and loads of pronunciation tips and advice about working in EFL. Quote, provide you with tools and strategies to help bring about a fairer ELT. It's really good. And uh, an article I came across was uh, how to break into teaching English online as a non-native speaker 
speaker and that came from teachaway.com and I'll put some links in the show notes for people to check out later. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I mean, it it isn't regulated in this way, I don't think. Like, there's no... There's nobody checking these companies to no, see that they're giving fair wages, I don't think. It's all these different countries employing all these teachers. Yeah. So it's really, I think, up to the teacher to be quite fussy yeah, and yeah. be quite maybe outspoken about it. You yeah. know, if you do get an offer and for some reason you find out that somebody else got another offer for less... Mm-hmm then you need to say, well, no, I'm yeah, not going to work up. there. Definitely. It's hard because obviously, you know, it means not taking an advantage yeah. or not taking a, a an extra thing, which is not what people really want to do. But That's very hard for, it is for people very hard. to realise what's the best way. I yeah. think we should discuss that a little bit. You know, we what, should. What, what can we do? Because yeah. we're, we're looking at like quite a lot of negative things here. Um, I also got something from Nick Edmonds and he mentioned in Vietnam... Um, they talk about expat compensation packages. Right. So again, like you, yeah. you were offered, you know, your flights, your accommodation, you've got spending money and everything. Well, which... that is, I think, something separate. I think that is a big outgoing. And if the school want you to be there, I think maybe they do need to pay for you or help you to get there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. once you're there, once you're living in a country where the you know, cost of living is X amount. Yes. I don't see why you should be getting three, four, five times more than what someone in that country yeah, would get yeah, for doing the teacher. same job. Yeah, exactly I agree. Exactly the same job. Definitely. Um, I've yeah. actually stopped taking uh, jobs where I see, you know, native speaker wanted. Oh, so it's advertised actually as native teacher. Yeah. Oh, literally okay. says that. Okay. And I've stopped. I mean, sometimes or... they even say British person. Oh, no. But, you know, they want this particular accent. Okay. So I've just stopped going That's really good. to those sort of places good. to and, accept that work. And removing native teacher from your uh, profile. Yes. Like on TEFL.com yes. or, or if you're, you know, you've got a LinkedIn or whatever. On. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think these are the small steps, obviously, yeah. but they are important not to you know, promote that side of it. Yeah, really. definitely. Promote your qualifications, promote your experiences and you know how long you've been teaching and whatever, but why are we promoting where we're from? It's just not No, that's not issue. important. Yeah, I It wrote, doesn't matter. It doesn't... Money matters. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote to somebody else and um, asked them why they were promoting these adverts that said native teacher only. Yeah. And I said, you know, would you consider writing to the companies and just um, asking them to stop putting uh, natives first, for example? Yeah, yeah. Um, He blocked me. Oh, yeah. See, that that is it. You're going to like come up against it, aren't you? Yeah. But we have to try. Yeah, I think so. So So that was a really good tip. I think, you know, also from the student's point of view, Mm -hmm. don't don't look for a native English teacher. Look for a good teacher. We mentioned it before. You know, just choose a teacher who's got the qualifications you want, got the personality you want, has got maybe some good feedback from previous students or, you know, mm-hmm. you've, you've met them through another person. Um, this is what you should be looking for. Yeah. yeah, you like their methodology, you know, all these things are important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And finally, um, from Adam Scott, because you said about, you know, this there must be rules or laws or something. 
Um, well, according to I wasn't him, sure if there were, but I'm interested to know. Yeah. Well, according to him, on um, the TEFL, TESOL, and English Teachers Resources and Jobs Group on Facebook, wrote a really, really good article about uh, native teachers, and it says um, native teacher is discriminatory, and how it could be breaching the law in some countries to hire on that basis. Mm. So. This is really good to hear that um, it could actually be illegal to put an advert to be mm. trying to recruit people mm. from a particular background. Good. And yeah. Especially to pay them more as well. Exactly. I would say it would be included in that. Okay. I agree. Well, as I think we need the help yeah. of somebody who is on the other side of this discussion, mm-hmm. I reached out to a fellow podcaster and teacher um, who has some amazing experience of not only teaching in his own country, but also in an English-speaking country. This is really interesting. Yeah, Um, on the other side. Exactly, exactly. So, um, And he has sent us uh, some answers to some questions that we wanted him to discuss. Mm. And would you like to listen to it? Definitely. Love to. All right, have a listen to Zdenek. Hello, my name is Denek and I am an English teacher from the Czech Republic. So I'm what you would call a non-native English teacher. I also happen to have a podcast called Zdenek's English Podcast and um, I do teach English online these days. Uh, I specifically focus on teaching English through board games. It is my niche. So regarding my teaching career, I've been teaching English for over 10 years. I have got a master's degree in teaching and CELTA and DELTA qualifications as well. And um, most of my career I taught in the Czech Republic, uh, especially at a place called Institute for Language and Preparatory Studies. Essentially we were preparing students, foreign students coming to the Czech Republic to study at Czech universities in English. So I was helping these students with their English, with uh, boosting their English. Now, recently I have also um, moved to the UK and I work there for two language schools. And the question I'm being asked here is, regarding my experience of teaching in the UK and whether there was some sort of an unfair pay scale uh, based on where I came from, I guess, and the fact that I am not a native speaker. So I have to say that... Um, I've actually never come across an unfair pay scale and if it did happen while I was uh, employed, I didn't know about it. And to be honest, I don't want to know about it. The, the thing is, this would definitely make me feel inadequate. I do want to have a level playing field as a teacher. I don't want to be really treated unfairly because if if I knew that I didn't have an equal opportunity to um, pursue what I love, you know, to do my job, then I'd probably get demotivated, I would get frustrated, and as a result, I might not perform as well as I could. So, to be honest, it didn't, it didn't happen to me, not here in the Czech Republic, nor in the UK. I was always paid what I deserved or what was basically standardized based on my qualifications and experience 
Notably, when I worked in the UK, I worked for two language schools. One is an Irish one called MLI, and the other one is um, Speak Up London. Um, they are based in Oxford Street. And I have to say that um, I was pleasantly surprised how, uh, how I was treated in these language schools. Um, that it didn't really matter at all that English was not or is not my first language and that I was honestly given equal opportunities and um, I was paid what I deserved. Saying that, I am pretty sure that this phenomenon ha is happening all around the world and uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that there is an unfair pay scale based on your passport based on where you come from and your first language and your accent and um, it's your skin color and whatnot. I'm pretty sure this is happening all around the world and it's not fair, it's not right and we should all fight it, we should all tackle it. The first thing we can do as English teachers is to just raise awareness and if we have, let's say, a colleague like that we could just point it out to our employer or owners. We could re refuse to go with such unfair treatment and just to stand by our colleagues. Like sometimes, you know, like we human beings, we tend to be selfish, right? We just care about ourselves. But I mean, this is this. We should look at a bigger picture because this is about the state of the whole industry. Um, we really want this to be clean and healthy and fair. And um, I think people should be rewarded for their hard work and for what they can do in the classes and for how they can teach and for what they can pass on to their students and not for their passport or for where they come from. That, that's not really fair and um, we should definitely talk about this. So raising awareness is the the first thing. Now the problem is that when it comes to the language school owners and schools often this is driven by marketing and um, just you know just, a, just the, the fact that they, they need to sell yeah so I'm obviously a liberal person but until some sort of rules are put in place I'm afraid um, business owners are not always motivated to make sure that there is a level playing field because it simply doesn't sell. So that is my point. Um, thanks for giving me the opportunity Excellent. to Thank you have my say on your podcast. Really I think it's a fantastic podcast yeah. and really, thanks for really doing it. Keep, keep up the good, good experience work. Mm -hmm. Cheers, bye-bye. Um, had any you know, prejudice or discrimination that he's been aware of. Yeah. That's a really good thing. And I really you know, thought it was very poignant what he said about um, being demotivated by, you know, getting such a, a lower wage than other people. And yeah. I saw that. I did see that in other countries where where the other teacher was aware that they were getting paid less. Right. And it's just awful. You know, it does affect motivation and yeah. how well they can do their job. So yeah. I'm just pleased that Stinek had a, a good experience yeah, so far. That's really <laughs> positive. Well, I, I hope that this is a change that's happening and um, going forward we can we can see that things will improve. But I, I think it is our responsibility to stand up and where we do see this discrimination. Our, like, as in teachers? 
Yes. Not me and you personally. Human but, beings. Yeah. yeah. What's our take home? Companies. You know, so, if you're in management, question it. You that's know, it. Why? Exactly. Why? Managers, owners, all the recruiters. Just take this into account when yeah. you're looking for new employees. Yeah. So to everyone, thanks for listening. Especially thanks to Zdenek for his input there. It was really good to get the other side. Thanks, Zdenek. And we want to know your experiences. It's really, really important that we open this channel where we're communicating, we're giving advice to each other. But I do want to do some good in the world. That's it. Um, It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Gav. Yep, same here. Catch you next time. Ciao. See ya.